know, in, in the email that I sent out, I made a statement that, um, that, that I trust God. And I recognize that it's, it's, it's kind of easy to trust God when everything is going right. When everything is going well. And then the challenges come when the challenges of life come. The challenges to faith, the challenges to trust. And, uh, and I made the statement that I trust Him even when things were difficult. And I said that I would tell you why. And I, I'll, I will say, I wouldn't say it was just because he said so. Because the truth is, is just because someone says so, um, oftentimes doesn't go far enough for us, right? We don't know. But in a couple, in a couple of places in Scripture, and Jesus, Jesus solicits us. He says, he says trust me. Well, I, I wish to, I wish I, I could say that. Well, I trusted just like just like that. No. It was more like I tried God, and He came through. Over and over and over again, there were times I'll 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 I'll, I'll honestly admit, and and there there were times and there are times when He does things that I don't understand. He, when he doesn't respond to me like I want him to. <laughs> okay? And so I, I recognize those are times when I'm vulnerable to mistrust. But there's a track record. God has established a track record for me, in me, and he will do the same for you if he hasn't already. Where you know that you know that you know. And I can look back, even though in those times when I'm reluctant or when I'm hurting or when there's a problem that I'm not seeing a remedy to, I can look back and I can name and recount the times when I've called upon Him and He's answered. And in that moment and in that time and in that context, I find encouragement and faith. You know, it's, it's not that unlike our relationship with God is not that unlike uh, our relationship with our lo- if we had loving parents they didn't tell us everything did they when things were up oftentimes they just take our take hold of our hand and walk with us and we trusted in that amen so su- such is the case God doesn't tell us everything he tells us, I believe, the things that, that he thinks that we need to know. And the rest, he simply wants us to hold his hand, figuratively speaking, as we walk through life. Amen? And trust him. Trust him. That's why I trust him, even when things are tough. And that's how I trust him. Now, uh, why are we here? Now, some of us, well, Pastor, that's a dumb question. We're here because church time. We're here. That's not. Let's let's go. Let's let's step back to thirty thousand feet and uh, and ask that question in a little different light. I don't. I don't mean why are we here in church on Sunday morning, but why are we here on earth? What's the purpose of our existence? Those are big questions, aren't they? Uh, I remember as a kid, 
Now you're going to think this is weird, but even as an 11-year-old thinking uh, existential thoughts, <laughs> strange for an 11-year-old to be thinking those kinds of thoughts, but pondering, what in the world am I doing here? What's my purpose in life? And uh, I ask you to, to, to ask that question. And that's kind of an unfair question for me to hit you with and then say, go talk to each other. <laughs> because those are deep questions. In fact, sometimes, sometimes uh, we think we know. And then we kind of lose track. But the Scripture tells us without a vision the people perish. So we need to know, in a sense. We need to understand what is our end, what is our purpose in life, and why are we here, okay? And, and some would say, well, you know, it's, uh, I'm looking around and wondering, uh, and, and you know, God must have a purpose for me. I think you can know his purpose. I think you can know his purpose. We're not going to get into all of that today, but a little bit of it. Uh, and I think uh, and I can step off with saying, well, why did Jesus come? Okay. Now, this is part of that series. He, ca- he comes. He came. Okay? Why did he come? Was it just to start a new religion? Was it just to, to, to hang out in, in, in Galilee for a while doing some interesting things? Charles Wesley wrote this. and he's a, If you look in your hymn books, you'll find Charles Wesley. He was uh, John Wesley's brother, and he, he wrote a lot of hymns. And one of the hymns goes like, something like that. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love. And bled for Adam's helpless race. Now, we know those words. So we think, immediately we say, well, Jesus came so to die. He came so that he would die first. And this is true. But there's way more to it than that. If that's, sometimes our sense of what Christianity is and our relationship with God is, is so uh, uh, single dimensional. Okay? What I mean by that is we just think, well, he came to die for us. Uh, and and we, then we live, okay? You know, God wants to engage us in a, in a life where He is everything, where He's involved in every aspect of our lives, okay? In the decisions that we make, the relationships that we form, you know? I mean, if Christianity, you know, could I say that's that's it? If Christianity, if the life that you have in Christ Jesus, I'm talking to people who have accepted Christ, doesn't go any deeper than a label, it's not deep enough. Jesus came to change our lives. Now, now let me get into the Scripture, uh, and I believe Mark tells us some things that, that we need to know. Mark, the first chapter. And let me, uh, let me just start with verse 9. It's up here, but if you have your Bibles... You know, uh, next year is, is a, I don't know how you did last year with, with the reading of the scriptures, but there was power. There's so much power in reading the word of God. So much power to shift and to change and to encourage and to bless. And I would ask you, I, I don't know, I don't know where you are with Christ. Many of you I do, but, but many of you I don't. Would you, would you? Reach out and find a, find a Bible somewhere. And if, and if you don't have a Bible, take the one that's in the pew. Okay? If you don't have one. And, I, and, and find a Bible reading plan. We'll, we'll have them at the first of the year. So you can begin to read the Word of God all year long. Okay? 
and you'll find that God will challenge you. It's funny how God, will, God knows exactly who you are, where you are, what your issues are, what you're challenged, challenged with, and he'll address that in the, on, you know, as you sit and you read and you look to him and you talk to him. He'll address you personally, and it will blow your mind. Anybody can attest to that? Yeah. And I, wow, wow. God, how did you know that I was in, here in, in all of the big wide world? That you had time to find me and speak to my heart in little old Jamestown, New York, or Rochester, or wherever you live, on this given day. See, he knows your name. He knows who you are and where you are. And if you will listen to him, he has some things to say. Amen? Amen. Mark, the first chapter, verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Okay, it doesn't say river, but that's what it meant. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw heavens open, opening, and the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. And the voice came out of, out of the heavens, saying, You are my, my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased Immediately the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John had had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. Saying, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he was going along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, uh, who were also in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat. Uh, with the hired servants, and went away to follow him. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Throwing, and throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Immediately the news of him spread everywhere into the surrounding district of Galilee, and immediately they, they, they came out of the synagogue and they came into the house of, of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick with fever and immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand and the fever left her and she waited on them. When the evening came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all the, who were ill And who were demon possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And and he healed those who were ill with various diseases. And cast out many demons. 
And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went to a secluded place and was, and was praying there. Uh, while he was praying there, Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and they said, said to him, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may pre- preach there also, for that's what I came for. And he went to the synagogues throughout Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. Now, the, the, the scriptures, scriptures are clear about a lot of things. I think we get kind of befuddled because in, in many respects, we, we think of, of the way that Je- the, the reason that Jesus came. We kind of get it mixed up because there are certain things that we like, other uh, things that we, it's not that we don't like them. Uh, it's just that some things we prefer, okay? Uh, it's an interesting, if, if, you had, if we had read the earlier portions of, 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 that, of that chapter, we'd find that John the Baptist came, who was kind of a front-runner for Jesus. And he preached, and he brought disciples in, and, he, and, and one day when, when they were asking him, he said, when they were asking him, are you the Christ? He said, I'm not the Christ. He says, there's one who's coming after me. I'm not even worthy to, 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 un, to, to tie his sandals. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay? That's another portion of this, this, this story. John was always a part of this whole thing as it was lay, being laid out. It's not that rare that when a king comes or when uh, a, a celebrity, even in our day, a celebrity shows up in Jamestown. We usually know about it ahead of time, don't we? Yeah? If Selah comes, I mean, that's a, singing, a Christian singing group. They come. Uh, it's usually advertised on the radio, right? There's usually some posters and, and little, little things that are po- posted in, in people's uh, store windows saying Selah's coming. It's on the radio. It's everywhere. So John, in many respects, was Jesus' front, run, front runner. In fact, the Scripture says that the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make way, make ready. Right? In other words, he's coming. It's, it, even though we had, we had seen the, the prophecies through Micah and Isaiah and uh, Zechariah and all throughout the Old Testament, it says that one of these days that he'll come, one of these days he'll come, and I don't, and, 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 and you know, everybody kind of said, well, when the Messiah comes, he's going to do these things. What's that all about? What's that all about? And, and we see him start his ministry here. Goes into the, the wilderness, and it, it's not specified in this passage, but we know from other passages that he came into the wilderness, and while he was there fasting, Jesus there fasting, the enemy came to him and tempted him, right? And each and every one of those things, and now, now this should be a sign for us, each and every one of those temptations had to do with self and taking care of oneself. Yeah? Turning bread, uh, rocks into bread wouldn't have been a big deal except that it was about taking care of self. There may have been other, other dimensions to that, 
But Jesus rejected that and moved on. And as he stepped out of the wilderness, he began to teach the gospel. He said, because this is why I came. Now, what is this all about, this gospel, this story? Now, if we, if we step back and look at, look at all of humanity and, and the time that, that Satan, in a sense, had, uh, had authority, had, had, had control over, over, uh, over death, hell, the grave, and, and so much of humanity. Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Wait. If the kingdom of God is at hand, is at hand it's coming What's, what's, here, what's here now? To understand, to understand the depth of what took place when Adam and Eve basically became disobedient to God. To understand that that transferred in some respects authority to the enemy. And that how he reigned, remember he said to Jesus, said, look, he took him to, to, a, to a high place and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, look, if you fall down and worship me, I'll make you king. Anything you want. From what I know about the kingdoms of the world, from what I know about the kingdoms of this world, historically, God was not in charge of those. Satan was. And we see elements of this in, in the book of Daniel. The prince of Persia, all of these re- making references to, to principalities and powers. And things. I don't want to get spooky or anything like that. But there was a war going on. And Jesus, when he stepped in, was saying, it has begun. The line in the sand. And he began to teach the kingdom of God is at hand. See? And, we, and we say, well, why did he come? Well, in this passage of Scripture, we see a, a number of things that he was doing there. Uh, in verse 7, that, that, was free, uh, that, that I made reference to before, says that he came to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. Okay? John said that. I don't think anybody had a clue as to what he meant. In fact, some of us here don't have a clue as to what he meant. That, that Jesus came to baptize the Holy Spirit. He came to preach in verse 15 that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. What what does it mean, repent? It means to turn away from sin. The kingdom of God is at hand. Have you ever come up against a deadline in your life and blew right by it? We all have, right? We've all had things that came up in our lives and we missed them. And most of the time, that's not a really, really big deal. I mean, it's like, it's like I, get, I get constant things from Sears because I buy tools at Sears. And on my, on my emails, I'm getting, ah, great deal, great deal, great deal. You know, I'm getting it and then they have coupons and they expire. Right? Anybody with me there? They have expire. And, and so, so every once in a while, I'll... Every once in a, in a really big while, I will decide to use one of these coupons and go get something that I have my eyes on, right? Only to find out that sale ended yesterday. <laughs> I missed the deadline. Yeah. Some of you are students. You know what deadlines are like, right? Homework was due at 8 o'clock this morning. It's Monday, right? 
weekend homework and someone someone says pastor don't you know there i know that there are little boys and little girls right now school starts when tuesday i mean uh uh, thursday after the new year's or something like that right and they've had homework sitting on on their mind ever since the last day of school they haven't done it (laughs) and they're wondering and and they're thinking oh man you know i'll get it tomorrow i'll get it tomorrow i'll get it tomorrow and it'll come to the day, New Year's Day, and they're panicking trying to get it done. Maybe. I mean, how do I know all this? <laughs> Once upon a time, believe it or not, I was a little boy. I did all those things too. Blew by deadlines and had to, you know, hunker down like the teacher was going to miss me in the back row, right? They never did. In mercy, sometimes I wasn't called on. Jesus was saying, now's the time. Now's the time. He was saying to to all of humanity, and he says to us, the kingdom of God is at hand. Things are different. Things are changing. You can be a part of the kingdom of God. You can step in through Christ Jesus. He's saying it's now. All those who had looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. He was surrounded by those people in Israel. These were the people of God. These were the people who owned the prophets and, 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 and the chronicles and all of these passages, all these things. And when he came, what did they do? Some were in. You know, it, it's interesting. If you look at the people who, who responded to Jesus, they were the kind of people, uh, you know, I, I guess the scripture very, very clearly puts it. He says, a sower went out to sow. And the seed was the word of God. And he, he threw some seed on the ground and it, some of it landed uh, on, on hard pack, like the, like the trail out here where people had walked, and, and the birds of the air came and snatched it away. Didn't do any good, did it? Gone. Some of, the, some of the seed fell on rocky soil, and it grew up for a little while. It just sprung up, but there was no depth. And when difficult times came, those things, that, that plant withered and died. And some... He planted some of the seeds. That's rocky soil. Some of the seeds fell on good soil. See, so as you look at that passage, as you look at those, that, that, that you may say, that caricature of how we receive God's word, we find ourselves probably, each one of us, have. there have been times when our heart was hard. There have been times when perhaps uh, the things of the world uh, crowded, the love of the world crowded out what God wanted to do in our lives. Okay? And then there were times when we were completely open to Him. And when God spoke to us, we responded. And because of that, we grew. And this is kind of what happened in Israel. Jesus spent three years teaching and preaching, doing miracles, saying the kingdom of God is here. And some believed and some resisted. 
Why did Jesus come? In verse 24 and 26, that tells us about, through 20, 24 through 26, tells us about he was teaching in the synagogue. And, and uh, lo and behold, right there in church, somebody with an unclean spirit. Somebody, some people say, well, I think, of course. Of course. And this unclean spirit began to speak and say, have you, have you come to punish us? There's another place where, where it, it refers to us as, have you come to punish us before our time? The enemy. See, they knew what was coming. It's an interesting thing that in the spiritual realm, we're the ones that somehow, somehow don't get it. The demons and the unclean spirits, they get it. They understand that there's a war going on. And the prize is humanity. The spirit was in this man. He says, have you come to, 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 to destroy us or to punish us. And she, she's, and I know who you are. I, why did he know who he was? Because he was, a, he, he was an eternal creature. He knew who Jesus, the Son of God, was. Didn't matter what, what fleshly veil covered him. He knew that Jesus was the Son of God. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Son of God. It would be, wouldn't it be a great idea if we understood that? Would understand and see that clearly? I know who you are. You are the Holy Son of God. I accept you. I repent of my sins. Come into my heart and live. Let me walk with you as I, as I, as I travel on the streets of Jamestown. As I go through western New York, let me live for you, King of glory, King and, and Prince of peace. Let me live for you. Wouldn't that be great? So he came to baptize the Holy Spirit. He came to preach that the kingdom of God was at hand and for us to repent. He came to break the, the, the hold, the, the enemy's hold on humanity. And then it says, Wow, they went to Peter's house, and what happened? His mother, Peter's mother-in-law, was, was down in the bed, sick. They brought him to her. Jesus healed her, brought her up. And then around that house that night, the whole city turned out. The whole city turned out. And he healed them. And he drove out unclean spirits. My hunch is, and, and other places in the Scripture says, he did whatever needed to be done. And I'd say, sometimes we focus on these things. We focus on the demons. We focus on the healings. All those things are good. But could I say those are secondary? Could I say that that's, that's not, those were not the primary reasons Jesus came? Ooh, pastor. I know it's part of the package. But when they came to him the next day, now he, what did he do that night? He went out and he found a place to pray. And they came looking for Jesus. The disciples came looking for Jesus. That's what the scripture says. So we're looking all over for you. I mean, I don't know. We could read between the lines and find that, that maybe what was going on there was that the people came back the next day. Kind of like this story. When Jesus taught 
and he fed the 5,000. Remember that story? Remember how he sat with them all day and told them about the kingdom of God, about salvation, about joy, about righteousness, about all the kind of things that he was bringing. And it came near the end of the day. And the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, you, you need to send, send these people away. Said, so they can, they've been with us all day. They're, they're, they're hungry. There are no 7-Elevens around. You know, McDonald's, closest McDonald's in Galilee, man. <laughs> he didn't, they didn't say that, but if, if it was 2013, that's, that's kind of like, that, that would be the conversation. Jesus said, you feed them. They looked around me. You know, I can see a, I can just see a discipleship huddle, okay? Huddle, you know? Hey, what do you got? I got this, I got that. And, I said, and they're looking at it, and there's some kids got a few fish and some crackers. And then they bring this back to Jesus. And Jesus said, have them sit down. And then he began to, to bless. He blessed the food. He began to hand it out. And all of those people ate. All of them ate. All of them. And this was not missed by the people by, by the people that were sitting on the ground having a picnic. They saw what happened. In fact, that day they tried to take him by force and make him king. Now, did Jesus come to feed the sick, feed the hungry? Did he come to, to heal the wounded? Did he, did he come to do these things? Yes. But some of these things we get kind of twisted. He left, that, he left that, in that next day, and they followed him to the other side. They said, well, where'd you go? We've been looking for you all over. He says, look, you, you looked for me because you were hungry and I fed you. You didn't come to me because of the things you heard me say, the teachings. In other words, you didn't come to me for salvation. You came to me because your stomach was empty. You didn't come to me because uh, you didn't come. You, you came to me because you had a broken leg. You didn't come to me because you wanted salvation. You came to me because you were hurting and hungry. But you didn't want salvation. You know how many times I get that as a pastor? I understand pain. I understand that need. I do. But at this point, I, and I look at Jesus, and what did he do? He, he turned away from them. And on this, in this particular passage, he had been healing and delivering all night before, and the disciples came to him that, that next morning. And I, I don't know really what happened there, except that it might have been that those people showed back up and went to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't do anything for them. So they went looking for Jesus. What was Jesus' response? And did he say, well, let's go back and I'll heal the rest of them. I'll do this and I'll do that. He said, no, let's leave this place and go from place to place because I've got to preach. I've got to tell them that the kingdom of God is at hand. I did a funeral yesterday. And I love the 11th chapter of John. The story of, Zach, of, of, of Lazarus and raising the dead. Do you know that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead 
resurrection, just not because Lazarus needed to rise from the dead. Not because Martha was hurting. Not because Mary was putting the pressure on him because Jesus was their friend. Not because that's what Jesus did, and so we expect that from him. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead to, show, to, to, put, to press home the point that he was the resurrection and the life. And in that, he was pointing to another life. And, uh, you know, when, when all of this is over, it's not over, I said. You know, I look out over here and I see, I see brown hair and blonde hair and gray hair and no hair. And all kinds of hair, you know. And I, one thing I'm certain of is, and I've said this before in kind of a trite way, we don't get out of this world alive, right? But this is not it. This is not over. And when he begins to talk about and preach the kingdom of God is at hand, he's asking us to make a choice. The healings, can I say the healings, the feedings, the miracles, when he said, when he said to the man uh, in, 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 the, in the synagogue, when he, says, uh, when he says, to show you that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins, I say to you, and the healing was was, was made. Right? It wasn't about the healing. It was about pressing home something that was eternal, that creeps all the way back into our life right now. You know, you know, you know what eternal life begins when you, give, when you give your heart to Jesus? Oh, I recognize that this, this, this old body eventually decays and goes away. But there is a seed of God that is planted in you by the Holy Spirit when you accept Christ. And that, that, that seed is what we call a zoe, a, a quality of life that's eternal. And you get to experience in varying forms the presence and the, and the activity of, that, of God that has been planted within you, the eternal God. He begins to open your eyes. When you open the, you remember, remember the time when you open the Bible and you, okay, you know, you're going to read it like a, like a Tom Clancy novel at the beginning, chapter 1. And you make it through. Ah, oh, boy, this guy had a lot of relatives. Actually, I'll read this sometime, another time, you know. And, and you do that and you say, I never understood this. I never, yeah, I read. And then here's what happens when you give your heart to Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in, that seed of God comes in. You open it, and all of a sudden, he's speaking to you. It's like you put on new glasses. It's like you've learned a new language. Okay? He begins to speak to you when, when you pray. Begins to lead and guide you. When you're in, in worship, it's not just, I wonder what's going on. Wow. See? It's the kingdom of God that he came to preach. Why did he come? He came to reveal himself as Messiah. He came to save you. The Scripture says that. He came to seek and to save the lost. Do you know who was lost? All of us. All of us. There's not one. Oh, I know. If you, if you look on a scale of 1 to 10, good, good, to, good to evil, we all fell somewhere on the spectrum and not in the same place. But we were all lost. All lost because we were, we were sinners. And we needed a Savior. Jesus said in... in and John 3, 16, you know, John 3, 
16 and 17. I like 17 better. Yeah? And 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. 17 says something a little different. For God came not into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. See? The world, if all we have to do is we, we look out, we're watching the, the crazy thing with the Robertsons and, 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 and all the news out there. And, and, and if you listen to how the world sees God, is, he's just this horrible, unrelenting ogre that just hates everybody. That's just going to judge them all. Here's the God of the Bible. For God so loved you that he gave his son as a sacrifice for you. If you would just believe in him, you'll have eternal life. Oh, I, I know that's, that seems simple, but let's start there. Let's start there. That's why he came. We had a whole, whole, uh, whole uh, world of, of humanity that was simply lost, 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 lost. Without him, hell, without him, pain that not only stretched into eternity, but also came back here and began. And, and you know, living, in, living a life of sin is no fun. The Scripture says it's fun for a season, but the end is death. You know what that's like. I know what both of those are like. Remember, I don't mean to get too personal here, but I remember just as a drunk, I went into the, I'd be in the, as long as there was music, you know, and I was out there in the crowd and stuff, I, I was, the, the voice of God, I couldn't hear, you know, but there were those times when I'd step away from the, from, from where the music was and where the bar was, where my friends were and all the clatter and the noise and, and his still small voice says, what are, what are you doing here? Yeah. No joy, no fun. God, Jesus has come to save us. Jesus has come to deliver us. Jesus has come to fill us. Jesus has come to give us new life. Jesus has come to change your life and my life. Is that good news? I think that's good news. I know that that's good news. I know that that's good news. Why did he come? Some of the things that we see in as a some of the things that we see in in the name of religion, in the name of Christianity, it's like a goofy circus. True? A goofy circus. I want you to know that Jesus is real. I want you to know that he changes lives, lives today. That's the reason he came. It wasn't about the feeding, although he'll feed you. It wasn't really even about the healing, but he'll heal you. It wasn't even about driving out demons, because I never saw him 
in the Scripture go on a demon hunt. He just kind of, whenever he encountered one, he just dealt with them and didn't have long conversations with them. In fact, most of the time he said, shut up. Yeah? A little different than some of the religious expressions we see today. People are transfixed with demons. People are transfixed with healings. People are transfixed with deliverances and all those things. And it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not a part of the whole, but they sure aren't, they sure aren't the turkey on the table. That's not the point. The point is the salvation and the deliverance from sin by Jesus, the Son of God, for whoever will, for whoever will. Amen? Now, I don't know where you are today. I say most folks in here have already taken that step. They've already given their hearts to Jesus. Some, I would say in here, have kind of wavered in that choice. Maybe you did that when you were a child, or maybe you did that some time ago. But you've not really followed him. What did he say to, to James and John and Peter? He says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. That's, that's a theme I see throughout the New Testament. Come and follow me. You've given your life to Christ, but you've not followed him. Or maybe you've been in church all your life. But right now, right now, you're, you're in that faraway town, like the prodigal son or daughter. Now, you may not be up to your knees in pig mess yet. But it's coming if you stay there. Jesus would say, come to me. I'll clean you up be me. You won't be the one that cleans yourself up. I'll clean you up. I'll put, give you a place at the table. I'll put a new robe on you. I'll give you a ring that says, you're mine. I'll forgive you. I'll cleanse you. I'll deal with, I'll even deal with that guilt that you live with day in, day out. I'll help you with that. Jesus, the Son of God, Master, Creator. Stand with me, folks. And if there's anybody who wants to pray with these things in mind or anything else, come and find yourself at this, uh, at this altar. Jesus will answer your prayers. Jesus will come into your life. He'll heal. He'll deliver. And He'll make you new again, again. Come, come. Those who, as we sing and as we worship, come, those of you who want to pray, have the courage to respond to what God, the Holy Spirit, is pressing on your heart right now. Come, come. Meet me at the altar, and we'll pray.